You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Nonplus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. You know, this is season four and our 20th episode. Yes. Yeah. Well, And there's nothing called Blaze It on the platform, unfortunately. It sucks. It does. Don't worry, though. I'm, I'm lit like a Christmas tree. <laughs> another episode of non plus a gay romp through the disney plus vault that over there is my husband clancy and over there is my beautiful gorgeous husband Ooh. josh and we are non plus a mischief media podcast yes. hello everyone we are back 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 again yeah um before we dive into today's episode real quick a sale is nigh on apparel at mischief merch.com i got uh, some cool shit they do. We've got some Falcon and Winter Soldier and She-Hulk t-shirts. One says a couple of guys, tough love. And the other says the art of confusion. They're just really fun. And you've got a whole lot of different styles there. Yeah. Like the, that um, art of confusion one, it's in a, like a, a three quarter length sleeve like you like. Yeah. Like a, a baseball tee. Like a baseball tee. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cute. Um, so there is a sale coming. I don't know the dates. I just know that on the website it's that a sale's coming. You know, just in time for the gift giving season. Uh, and remember, if you use code nonplus10, on any of our merch or MCU uh, inspired merch, you get 10% off your order. Yeah. All right. Some quick news. Yeah. Disney tops 150 million subscribers. Disney what? Disney plus. There we go. Sorry. Not just, <laughs> that would be a very different thing. Uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting because they just recently announced that they're going to also be doing the password crackdown sharing mm -hmm. or, password sharing crackdown. I didn't read too much into this, but I wonder if they're counting Hulu subscriptions with that or if it's just Disney Plus platform. I wonder if they're doing some jujitsu for sure. Yeah. I mean, we just we just did the bundle ourselves, but I did it the wrong way and accidentally got the trio. We're not going to watch ESPN unless there's figure skating or men's <laughs> gymnastics on. Or the World Poker Tour. You know what? Actually, <laughs> I would watch the World Poker Tour. It does get kind of boring and some of the guys are dicks, but I do like watching poker. Anyway, I'll link that in the description. Uh, also, 
Speaking of combining Disney Plus and Hulu, uh, the two are coming uh, are going to have a combined apps by the start of next year. Yeah. There's a Hollywood Reporter piece here um, that goes into more of their streaming integration that's actually starting in December. Yeah. Um, but eventually there will be one unified app. And as 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 much as it does feel like time is a flat circle, oh my God, we've almost reinvented cable. Um, I, I'm looking forward to having just one app and not having to switch between the two. And I think that the technology is very different than what we used to have yeah. with cable. Like cable was very much, you watched whatever was on and that's the only option that you had. And then, you know, sometimes there was on demand, but it wasn't really as robust. Sure. This is exactly the opposite. This is what we wanted. And now that things are starting to combine together, that's great. But if they continue to increase prices the way they do, this is just nonsense. Like Netflix pushed their, their price up recently and they literally are giving you nothing more. And I want to sign back in. Cause like we're missing bake off and we're missing a I couple know. things that artful Dodger show looks, or is that a Disney plus one? But part of me is protesting because they're doing the password sharing crackdown. It, 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 it's a grab for no reason, especially when they were like not, but five years ago, Mm, share your passwords, whatever, you know, they were making the, jokes of it. That said, if a password crackdown helps fund some of the things that writers and actors have negotiated in their contracts, more is the better. That's not what happened this time around. They just oh, increased no. the price and there was nothing new. Which is part of what both of those unions were complaining about. Yeah, for sure. Um, or rather took issue with. <laughs> yeah. Complaining about makes it sound like it's, um, you know, immaterial and it's very, very material. So many, I mean, you don't hear a whole lot about it in the news, but there are a lot of unions, not just at, you know, in Hollywood, that are ha- making big wins right now. Oh, yeah. Do you hear the people sing? Speaking I, lo- of- I love in uh, Vegas right now where the cul- culinary union is striking oh right before God. F1. Like, fuck yes. The whole culinary union, this is germane to nothing on this show, but the whole culinary union in Vegas is um, threatening to strike or has already struck just before uh, Formula One because they're trying to get um, it's real simple, like scheduling stuff and oh, yeah. some pay adjustments. The, it, the requests are modest. It is by, but, by but I think fact union that not, standards. And the fact that the casinos are not giving them that is right. goddamn bonkers. Uh, especially with how much money is going in there. Yes. But back to the topic at hand. Again, speaking of Disney Plus and Hulu, the Echo trailer and announcement debuted uh, since the last time we recorded. Uh, they did a, I think it's a Comanche sub yeah. of it. That's really cool. It's also Marvel's pushing it as one of their spotlight series, which is a, a, a brand tag they're using to indicate um, character shows, whatever that you don't need prior knowledge to understand. Yeah. So despite this character's origin in the universe and the MCU, despite other characters coming from other properties that are like, you know, Wilson Fisk are going to pop up in the series. Uh, Marvel is saying, don't worry, this isn't something else you need to do homework for. You can just watch this. Yeah, which I mean, sure. But at the same time, it's like they really haven't needed to say that for any of the other shows. And like Miss Marvel, you didn't have to watch anything else to understand what was going on there. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of sure. I guess. I mean, you'd need to have some understanding of the Avengers. The big difference here, though, is that this is both coming to Disney Plus and Hulu at the same time. And it's all dropping at once. Right. So that may be the reason why is because somebody that hasn't necessarily subscribed to Disney Plus and is going to watch the Hulu show. They're saying, hey, you can watch this. You don't need to have Disney Plus. But if you like this, this. watch this other thing. Exactly. I like that. I like that. 
Um, finally, uh, in terms of current MCU shit, Loki season two just finished. We loved it. Oh my it. God. So Some good. Amazing storytelling in the final few episodes of that series. Uh, the writers have been quoted as saying they, they look at it as, um, series one is book one and series two, or like they're two halves of a book. Yeah. And I think if you watch them in suggestion like that, it is a long undertaking, but I think I could see that. It was very good. It'll be interesting to see what they continue to do in the future with the show. They left it open enough that it could go in a few different directions. Exactly. But, you know, obviously no spoilers here. No. Uh, watch it. It's really good. We also saw the Marvels twice. Yes. Anyone who understands our enthusiasm for Marvel properties will already take our opinions with a grain of salt, comma, but I had such a good time. Yeah, this was really a breath of fresh air. It was super fun. It was super lean. And like uh, that's good pacing. There a lot exactly. of hay was made about how it was cut down, and some scenes are a whole lot shorter. I didn't blah, blah, feel blah. like we were missing anything. There's a few things like in terms of if you really give a shit about the plot of a comic book movie, there are a few threads you could pick at. Sure, for sure. Just like in every other Marvel movie. Right. But I feel like they are a trying to do something where, Hey, this is a big team up movie, yeah. um, but they're keeping it lean. They're keeping it fun and engaging. Yep. Whereas, uh, you know, we're, we're not being bogged down by a bunch of, you know, uh, unnecessary plot nonsense. And in the same vein as the spotlight sort of, uh, approach, you get everything you need about Monica and Kamala in this film if you haven't seen WandaVision or Ms. Marvel. Yeah, but get everything you need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this will make you want to go back and watch Ms. Marvel if you haven't yet. Exactly, because I mean, A, she's the star of this of this movie. She is the heart and soul of it. But you know, it is one of those things that's like, hey, you really like these characters? There's so much content out there that you can then go explore. It's if kind you of like hadn't done already on reading rainbow, which is the same age I am uh, when they used to say, if you liked this book, here's some others. Yeah, it's very, it's very that. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I loved it. It's great. I'm also going to go see it again while he is doing quiz. So, yeah. Hey, all righty. As always, our research was done on Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes and box office. Mojo Clancy. What movie did we watch this week? We watched 1991's Father of the Bride. Yes. Steve Martin classic Father I of guess. the Bride. I've um, never seen it. So I mean, it had a sequel and I mean, it's one of his most notable role. I mean, I just don't know if we call it a classic yet. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, runs at an hour 45 directed by Charles Shire. Um, there are four different credited writers because this is an adaptation. Mm. So we've got Francis Goodrich and Albert Hackett who wrote the original fifties film. Okay. And Nancy Myers and Charles Shire who adapted it for 1991. Oh, I didn't realize that this was adapted. Yep. Okay. That's fine. It's based on the film of the same name uh, from 1950, mm -hmm. which itself was based on a 1949 novel by Edward Streeter. Fun. <laughs> Streeter. I hardly knew her. Hardly uh, let's talk about the cast. We already mentioned this guy, Clancy. Oh, you're talking about Steve Martin as George Stanley Banks. I don't know why we got his middle name there, but yes. Also, Diane Keaton is Nina Banks. Kimberly Williams is Annie Banks McKenzie. Kieran Culkin as Maddie Banks. George Newburn as Brian McKenzie. Peter Michael Gates as John McKenzie. Kate McGregor Stewart as Joanna McKenzie. Martin Short as Frank Egelhofer. B.D. Wong as Howard Weinstein. Richard Portnow as Al. David Pasquese as Honk. And Sean C. Leopardi as Cameron. Real quick, Honk, he's Mr. Invincible. 
Mr. Immortal from She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. He's the one who married all those people and then faked his death when he wanted out of the relationships. And they had to facilitate that big alimony negotiation. Oh, that's right. Such a good episode. Yeah. Oh, I yes, need more yes, of that yes. show, too. Anyway, before we jump in, as you said, you hadn't seen it. I probably had 30 years ago. Um, in 1991, I was in first grade. I don't want to hear it. You probably were Hearing still in what? diapers or toddling around somewhere. Oh, I don't remember that time. Of course you don't. <laughs> I, I might even have seen this one or the sequel in theaters, but uh, I, it's not like I could quote it. I kind of knew what we were getting into, obviously, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had, for whatever reason, just had never seen the movie. I, I think that it wasn't really targeted towards my demographic being that I was a bappy. You've seen things that have come out before you were a babby. But but there's no reason. I don't see this as being a movie that would be, had been in my purview to Fair watch. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, shall we? We shall. George Banks is the owner of a successful athletic shoot company called Sidekicks in San Marino, California. George narrates what he had to go through with his 22-year-old daughter's wedding. Annie, freshly graduated from college, returns home from Europe and announces that she is engaged to Brian McKenzie, despite them only having known each other for three months. The sudden shock turns the warm reunion into a heated argument between George and Annie, but they quickly reconcile in time for Brian to arrive and meet them. Despite Brian's good financial status and likable demeanor, George takes an immediate dislike to him while his wife, Nina, accepts him as a potential son-in-law. George does not want to let go of his daughter, which is problematic as a theme. Oh, yeah. Let's just say that outright. As I said, I, I didn't know anything about this movie going in. I, did, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what, what, what it was. All I knew was the people in it. That's, you know, I knew the actors. I was kind of surprised how, like, I was expecting there to be a, more of a conflict or at least like maybe the, 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 the fiance to be some sort of like weirdo or murderer or nope, something. It's a hundred percent just middle-aged man gets his midlife crisis triggered by his first child's wedding. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I just, there's not much for me to relate to here. Speaking of when was the last time a narrator addressed us directly, like oh, stared down the barrel of the camera. I'm sorry. When it's not, she, you know what I mean? Like, right. Th this immediate fourth Steve wall Martin break. looked into your soul and said, I'm going to tell you a fucking story. I used to think a wedding was a simple affair. Boy and girl meet. They fall in love. He buys a ring. She buys a dress. They say I do. I was wrong. That's getting married. A wedding is an entirely different proposition. I know. I've just been through one. Not my own. My daughter's. Annie Banks McKinsey. That's her married name. McKinsey. I was just like, oh, okay, I guess, Steve, let's let's do this. By the way, your house is on fire because of all these like displays going yeah. on with candles lit everywhere. And also, is this one of the pieces of furniture that they removed or added? Because that wingback chair is fucking hideous. It really, really is. Also, what is this opening monologue that feels like it's, it feels <sighs> very community college almost. Like, I bet you're wondering how I got myself into this particular situation. And part of me was like, okay, was this innovative for the time? No, because no. there have been plenty of other movies that have done stuff like this before. 
it 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 felt very very tropey but almost cheap like well and again i think it's a pretty faithful adaptation to a 1950s film it, absolutely absolutely and if that that maybe is where it's coming from and maybe that's where they're like uh I, I guess trying to hold true to the original. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. And I don't care to find out more. Me neither. Um, These pleated khakis do nothing for Steve Martin's ass. <laughs> no, the right? costume designer on this film, or maybe it was just 1991. Everybody's wearing pleats and they all make everyone look awful. They, I just don't understand. None of it's flattering. No, none of it. Not one bit. Like when, okay. Now he, a little bit later in the, in the movie, he puts on a tuxedo. That's too, uh, too small for him. Yeah. But it doesn't look that bad. No, and also, how do you, how, if it, if you bought it when you were a teen or even in college, yeah, and you're still an adult and it's only been 15 years, did you get taller? I don't understand. Yeah, I think, I mean, the implication is that he got wider. Sure, but he doesn't even close the jacket so that tension doesn't. I mean, I'm I'm a fat guy who's ripped coats like this. It, the the physics don't seem to be there. For no, me. it doesn't. And and again, it, you saw it coming from a mile away. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was just like, ah, okay. We're not even there yet. He says it's a great house, and I never want to move. My note here was cut to explosion. That would have been <laughs> such a better movie. I know, right? That's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for something a little bit more funny or jarring but, or relatable I mean, then oh my daughter's getting married and the wedding's expensive oh my god i just can't so and, much of this felt like straight nonsense to it me. really did it felt like straight white rich nonsense because yeah. like but the, they don't they're not rich clancy they don't consider themselves rich i'm sorry despite they, this uh, fucking dutch 11 room two staircase dutch colonial with his goddamn convertible. There were two ways to the uh, to the second floor. He owns a shoe company. Right. And uh, mind you, and like he's uh, running through and it's a big deal. It seems like the shoe company is doing a lot of right. business. So like he's he's not at all uh, like not well off. And like it, it, there is at one point though when when he's going up to his office and he's about to leave because he's got to go meet his the, his daughter which he hasn't seen in in 3 months. Yes. I've always been a concerned parent. I'm big on car seats, seat belts, bedtimes, curfews, calling when you get somewhere, never running with a sharp object. Hi, George. What can I say? I'm a father. Worrying comes with the territory. Is Nina picking her up at the airport? Yeah. And you're going to meet him? Yeah, I'm, I'm going home right now. I uh, Oh. Here. And sign this. Okay. I was hoping that she would have just said, it's my resignation. <laughs> That would have been conflict. Yes, that would have been fun. But hey, <laughs> so Annie comes home and she slides down the banister, which honestly looks dangerous, especially in that dress. Yeah, I've, she's going to get a thigh burn. No fun. No fun. At also, all. we're 20 somethings in the early 90s into Paul Simon. I, I feel know. like I need to call my sister. Let, let's here's all the things that I'm going to plan out to do. Like, again, it just it seemed Again, straight white nonsense. Such straight white nonsense. But I will say this is a thing in Europe, at least that I've experienced, that you kind of like just run into Americans because oh, you yeah. know, you're not the first person to have the, I, the idea to travel there. But I, I distinctly remember I went to London in 2007 mm -hmm. with a few friends and we went to see Avenue Q. I went out to have a cigarette at the intermission and ran into a chick that I used to do speech and debate with in high school. Yeah. Did you guys <laughs> date for three months? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Because remember where I said she was a woman? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I was strictly dickly at that strictly point. Strictly dickly. Oh, that's the new subtitle for the podcast. Yep. Strictly dickly. <laughs> I missed you. <laughs> like, 
she's telling this story about the proposal and this scream. I met somebody in Rome. Um, he's an American. Uh, he's from L.A., actually, and um, his name's Brian McKenzie, and he's this completely wonderful, wonderful, amazing man. And, well, we, we started seeing each other a lot, and um, we fell in love. <laughs> it actually happened. And uh, we've decided to get married, which means that what? I'm engaged. <laughs> I'm engaged. I'm getting married. <laughs> it's too much. Oh, yeah. I get it. You're excited, but it's too much. And also, everyone is so mad at George. P.S. George Banks is also the name of the father in Mary Poppins. <laughs> um, back to it. Everybody's so mad at George for having a rational response to his daughter getting engaged <sighs> after a whirlwind three months and then having to pay $250 ahead, which if everybody says yes... Is like $150,000 for a wedding. For a wedding. Half of which is at your own house. Right. A wedding that is not at a destination or like, because I mean, here's the thing. For $150,000, they could have had that amount of people, but have gone to a venue that could have supported them. Exactly. But we will get more to that later. Oh, yeah. Yes, Uh, we will. She also calls her father by by his name. (laughs) I, I, yeah, that was we. It, it was a weird thing to do because so I'm an adult, George. But you don't like. I don't call my dad Chris. I call him my dad. I don't call him Daddy. But like, but but you know, but but Daddy. because she does that immediately after, and it's like, ooh, that feels worse. Can I touch your dog? <laughs> Can I touch that dog? He's saying yeah. dog. Yeah, uh, she calls him George and then Daddy. And I'm just like, just you can't so... use those interchangeably no, in the same can't. conversation. No. Uh, Fuck, not even in the same relationship, unless neither of them are true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't and, know about the first. That may not hold. Uh, that theory may not hold water. Anyway. And, and the fact that she is exp- describing the fiance, whose name is uh, Brian. Because he's not some overpowering macho guy. I mean, he's like you, Dad. Except he's brilliant. Just what, like what you, you, Daddy, but to, he's smart. Yeah, what? like what? What are you trying to win here? <laughs> uh, Your dad is already not on the bus. She keeps pulling this shit out because, like, then she goes upstairs and you know they they play basketball or or no 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 it doesn't that doesn't happen then it's um they're chatting about it and she's like is it okay, Daddy? And he's like oh, yes, good because he's coming over in an hour. Look, right. This is your problem. You're springing all of this shit on your parents at once. At yeah, once. you couldn't have waited at least a couple of days, maybe even a week, right? To be like, "Hey, I met this guy, and he's uh, really important to me, whatever." Right. Um, but I'd like to see how our relationship would turn out here. No, she already decided to marry him without their consent. Right. Not that she not needs the, it. Not that she needed it. Sorry, without there with telling them without That's telling the them did she it's, never call home in those three months did exactly. she never write send any photos i mean i i know the internet wasn't a thing at the time and the other parents the really? other in-in-laws went to rome to visit them they already knew right. that this was happening and so it's like it, it's if she knew this was going to be the reaction it seems like she was setting herself up for failure here yeah same yeah the basketball scene is too fucking long it was a minute it was too long. Why do we need this? It was, uh, and, and and it wasn't even like, oh, the 
you know, the fiance is going to show up and join them or something like that. And like, that's how they're going to bond or whatever. No, it was just a, a basketball moment. At one point I thought to myself, this feels like an inverse meet the parents, but meet the parents had like legit comedic beats and slapstick yes. comedy, but also managed to stick the emotional landing. Oh, yeah. I feel like this needed some more Steve Martin goofery in it. Yeah, it didn't. And the stuff that is supposed to be goofy in this just felt sort of cringe. Out of place. Yeah. Like he's a successful business person. Yeah. He, he is able to handle himself. And yet, for whatever reason, he falls into a fucking pool. Uh, um, but before we get there, there right here at the end of this conversation, two things made me feel uncomfortable. Okay. A, how often this man's hand is on this woman's oh, thigh God. in front of her father. D who they just met. Yep. Like, uh, you should be sitting four feet apart. Yes. Like, there's... Uh... And B... Look, oh, that's the other thing. Wait, shit. When I... The first time we went to your parents for Christmas, I was not... We were not married yet, and yeah. I legit expected to sleep in another room. Yeah. But motherfuckers pulling this shit? Get yeah. your hand off her fucking thigh. He was, he was almost finger-banging her in front. Yes. B, this description... Of his job. Oh my God. I hit a little too close to home. He's an independent communications consultant. Independent? Yes. No, that's code for unemployed. Now, this is perfect. You meet an unemployed, amazingly brilliant non ape that I'm gonna have to support. I suppose I'm gonna have to hire him and fire some hardworking guy with three kids because my son in law, the, the independent communications consultant, can't get a job anywhere else. I wonder he'll move anywhere you get a job. Okay. So, A, yes, it, it is exactly <laughs> what you just, are doing right now. I'm just laughing through the tears. I know. <laughs> but when he actually explains what his job is and the fucking jargon, like techno babble that comes out here is just nonsense. Like, yeah, oh, he's in computers. He does this thing with like, you know, a dot five network. What it's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about? Just That's goddamn. Nonsense. Even in 1991, there's an IT person, a phone call away. Writers pick up the phone. If you don't know something, but that's the thing is I, I, I think at that time, and a lot, a lot of movies like that were just like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. They did not care. Makes me want to rewatch the net. Oh, I've seen the net again. That actually is done very well. I miss it. Yeah. What? What? I miss it. I just haven't seen it in a while. You haven't seen it. I mean, it's it shares the same place. It's not as kooky as Hackers is. Oh man, I loved Hackers. Hackers is great. I saw Hackers in the movie theaters because my lesbian sister loved Angelina Jolie. And what what happened when her titties came out? When Angelina Jolie's titties came out? Yeah. I'm sure Jenny was very excited. I legitimately don't remember. It's not like she put a hand over my eyes. <laughs> hilarious anyways but yeah uh sandra bullock's the night i probably laughed too. honestly i probably was like <laughs> ah boobs <laughs> oh bless anyway uh i this the, the thing that i take away from this first section is just the boomer aesthetic that is going on yeah through everybody it's very boomer mindset and it's it's just like i look at this house and it's just like I would kill our, I would kill for that house. I mean, I would, I would kill for any, any semblance of what it is that you have at this point. We and would go broke furnishing a house like that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. <sighs> it's it's just it's just ridiculous. It is. All right, you ready to move on? Yeah, let's do it. George and Nina meet Brian's parents, John and Joanna McKenzie, who are wealthy and live in a mansion in Bel Air. John reassures George by also expressing how shocked he had initially been at Brian's engagement, but George quickly gets into trouble when he begins nosing around the McKenzie's financial records. He eventually ends up falling into the pool when cornered by the McKenzie's vicious pet Dobermans. All is forgiven, however, and the Banks family meets with an eccentric European wedding coordinator, Frank Egelhofer. He sneers dismissively at George's complaints about the price of the extravagant wedding items, including a flock of swans. Is three a flock? The high price and the seemingly excessive number of wedding invitations and cost of each dinner begin to take their toll on George and he becomes slightly insane. Rich people, am I right? I mean... This whole thing about, oh, what is this wedding going to cost me and all this stuff? There was never a question to whether they could afford it. It's just, are we, it's just basically us sitting there watching uh, Steve Martin nitpick. Complain, complain about... Uh, capitalism i don't i guess there's there's better ways sir also i love that he's like grumbling and grousing i don't know why we have to have brunch with total strangers because their son is marrying our daughter and it's not an unusual custom meeting the in-laws you know that's another thing i hate that expression in-laws what does it mean anyway we're legally bound to these people I don't want to be in-lawed, especially the people who live in Bel Air. I mean, what kind of people have brunch and live in Bel Air? <laughs> rich people. And I, before she said it, I was like, rich people. And then Diane Keaton, rich people. I was like, oh, I could write a 1991 rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> and this house that they're in is fucking gaudy as fuck. And makes their family Jeep look like ass. Yeah. But despite what appears to be a pride sticker, he had a two-seater convertible. Yeah. Why not drive that into Bel Air if you're concerned about appearances? Especially because it's just the two of you. It's not like you had your kids with you. And you can make it if you try, just the two of you. Yeah. You and I. Oh, is that? I got it. <laughs> Took me a second. Uh, yeah, I, right there. I, I, might, but, we can measure it. It might have been a second and a half. <laughs> We've stayed in a house that looks like this before. When your mom was dog sitting for those people. Oh, yeah. That house was, had a wine cellar oh, and yeah. a movie theater that you wired. Well, uh, yeah, I helped set some of that stuff up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, I've been in houses that are like this. And this I've what seen saying. what people we like that like live. these people don't exist. We've met them. Oh, I know. But like at the same time, it's it's they make it a, a point to drive home that that uh, the McKenzie family and the the Banks family, they're all the same. They're the same. They have the same emotions. They're the same kind of people, except for we have a bathroom that's seven doors down. And that is uh, sort of passively connected to the ensuite office. Right. Which, so he can. Okay. A, the design of that mirror is bullshit. One side's a medicine cabinet. One side's not. Yeah. That's dumb. And of course, because it's Steve Martin, it's supposed to be funny, but there's not enough lean into the slapstick for it to get there exactly so when he's looking at the guy's fucking bank check like his balance book it makes him look like a skis not like an overly curious accent now because look i i dig through your medicine cabinets when i was at your house i was just like, about to say if, and anybody invited, who says they doesn't is someone you should not trust if I invited over to your house i will probably look so hide them yeah like that's the thing that's that's also my uh point of view on spoilers you know something's gonna happen if X so you could prepare yourself yeah. by Y otherwise 
Zeke all happen and you only have yourself to blame. Yeah, but math is hard. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about the Danish family members who are coming. Well, it's the bride's family's responsibility to... Do you have any idea what a round-trip ticket from Denmark costs? Try eight round-trip tickets. Well, actually, it's nine. You see, Joanna's uh, cousin, Gita, is apparently a rather large woman, so uh, she needs two seats. <laughs> or she can lop over into the aisle for all I care, because there's no way I'm paying. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Aren't fat people funny? Yeah, this I was mean. This was not a good joke. I did, I did not like this. And then also, he runs a goddamn shoe company, but he wants to have this reception at a rib joint? Come the uh, fuck on. Yeah, like, I don't. I, You're in Southern California. I mean, go have it on a beach. Exactly. It, there, there are so many venues that you can go to that would have been cheaper and classier. I, yeah. What? Oh, man. Well, and he is, as they're negotiating all of these things, he then does a 180 and is like, well, we're not poverty stricken. No shit, Mr. Steak Pit. Yeah. Come the fuck on. Yeah. It's so fucking soon. And I mean, and also it's 1991. Mm. Maddie has an NES and Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm -hmm. They are not hurting for money. No, they're not. You know, hey, we may not have a house the size of Rhode Island, but we're not poverty stricken. We can certainly afford to give our daughter a proper wedding. Proper. Not you in a chef's hat, right, George? Yeah. Who said anything about a chef's hat? When did yes, this come? Yes, but I know you. I'm close. I'll look. I just really saw this whole thing differently. Like, I wanted to call a wedding coordinator to make the whole thing really, really beautiful, and you want to call Gabe at the steak pit. Wait a minute. A wedding coordinator? What's a wedding coordinator? A person who coordinates weddings. I'm just so glad we didn't do any of this excessive-ass bullshit for our wedding. That's one of the, like, as I was watching this, it's like, this all sounds awful. Like I think nothing, out the door, we paid $7,000 total for our wedding. And most of that was drinks. Yeah, the most of that was the open bar. <laughs> Thank you, Leia. <laughs> but like, my God, it's, it's just one of those things where like, I can't imagine the stress and all of the things that go into making mm -hmm. a wedding like that. And, and, and A, I'm not knocking it if this is like something that you really, really want to do and you have the time and resources to put into it. But she doesn't seem, no one know. seems to be helping as much as uh, Steve Martin is doing in this. Like, well, it, he's just signing the checks and that's all he needs to do. And that's his problem. That's his disconnect. Yes, you are the father of the bride. You own a shoe company. You're going to have to put up some fucking money for this, but that yeah. doesn't mean you get a say. But at the same time, like it, 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 they got to have some way of compromise. I don't know. Again, I know it's supposed they to be. They just need to have conversations about how It's supposed to be a comedy. I understand that there's supposed to be some conflict and whatever. But like, it, my God, it just, it, again, I was completely divorced yes, from the agreed. entire, the entire thing. That said, BD Wong, A, doesn't age and B is as cute as fuck. Oh my Young God. Martin Short is as- That China also comes in a wonderful Sarah Lee yellow. Hi, you must be Frank. <laughs> I wish. I'm Frank's assistant, Howard Weinstein. With that fuck. fucking ponytail? With that ponytail With that fucking on ponytail? Uh, this also means we're like two or three degrees of separation in every one of this movie. I know. Because we're acquainted with Anthony Rapp, who was in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown with B.D. Wong on Broadway. Yeah. So that's funny. Master and Moose's Bonks in the lovely bride. Hello. Hello. I'm going to put a gaffer up your wedding. I'm Frank, a pleasure to meet you. Oh, my. Oh, yes. Oh, the bride, the bride. Right away, I realized this was a mistake of gargantuan proportions. This guy was going to coordinate our wedding, 
How? With subtitles? <laughs> uh, but I, the way I, this accent, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Martin Short came in here hard. Did he? Are there rules to this accent? Or is he making it up as it goes along? I think he makes it up as it goes along. And I think it's better for it. I mean, so I, I, he is the highlight of the movie for me. Because everyone else is trying to be be something like. As ridiculous as he is, he's one of the most grounded characters. Because I know exactly who he is. Yeah, we don't have to question that. I don't have to question that. No. Everybody else is like. Even Annie, eh. you're kind of like. Really? It's yeah. Fast. I mean, I don't want to judge, but there was a red flag here when they decided on the date of the wedding. Yeah. Yes, we would. We would like a wedding at home on January the 6th. January 6th. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hello. Whoopsie. <laughs> like, I, I, I let out an audible gasp when yeah. that happened. I was like, whoop. This is where I have to know this is so foreign to us. My parents were already dead by the time we got married and <laughs> that we, your parents were really good. We were like, we're going to play in this. We've only got so much money. Yeah. Let us handle it. We'll let you know if we need something. And uh, Toy got us all that champagne. And Chris and Amy got us a, a red velvet armadillo shaped wedding cake that was made by fundamentalist Mormons. Uh, yes. <laughs> For a gay wedding. And she was, <laughs> and the person that made the cake was very excited to do so. Yeah. I no love one it. was, no one was tricked. That's the other part too. Is, is it's just, it all- it's funny. And again, our wedding, I, and you know, I'm not, we're not, I'm not using this as a vehicle to talk about how much I loved our wedding, but it brought all of the people that we cared about the most together. Yeah. And it brought it in a, in a way that didn't seem to us pretentious and, and uh, fucking uh, choreographed. Yeah. Like it felt very organic and I really liked that. And that's why I think I disconnect from this movie so much because I just It's don't not for care. us. Yeah. Because I, I am not the sort of adult woman who needs to be a princess. It's my day. It's, it's just not. <laughs> that said, I would have loved if she would have. Bridezilla? Bridezilla. Yeah. Because that would have made it that much more funny. Especially because if she had that 180 midway through where she just became that, I would have probably yeah. been brought back on board. Hilarious. But, but yeah. Uh, the nineties though, but and uh, all I, this aesthetic, why do Frank and, uh, his assistant need to be on the guest list? They should be, they're working and they ended up working. I don't understand. Right. It, I, again, all, all of the things are, are just don't make any sense. And, and yes, also, usually those people get to partake in the food and whatever, but they eat once everybody else has plated and sat. Exactly. I know I did that this summer at a wedding. Yeah. I was, I was the entertainment. Once everybody else got their food, I got mine. Yeah. It's just. Um, but yeah, here's, this is where I had in all caps, how I see being unreasonable. It costs almost $150,000. $250 a head. Yeah. $250. With 500 plus people. Like that, that price point honestly sounds reasonable by today's standards. But a 500 plus guest wedding in your house. The reception in their house. Yes. And not all those people were at the, were at the actual wedding. Because there were no. not 500 people in that, in the pews. No. Yeah. It, again. Ugh. That's all I got. Let's, let's, let's keep going. The last straw occurs when George retrieves his old tuxedo from the attic with the expectation that it will still fit. And as he struggles to put it on, it promptly rips when he bends over. He leaves the house to cool off, but ends up causing a disturbance at the supermarket. Fed up with paying for things he doesn't want, he starts removing hot dog buns from the store's 12-bun packets so as to match the eight dog packets of hot dogs. 
He ends up getting arrested, but Nina arrives to bail him out of jail on the condition that he stops ruining the wedding. With help from Nina and Frank, George becomes more relaxed and accepting of the wedding, particularly when Annie and Brian receive their rather expensive gifts from extended family members. The wedding plans are put on hold when they have a fight over a blender Brian gave her as a gift, which only gets worse when she refuses to believe his story about George's earlier antics. Okay, I don't understand. We talked about this earlier. The tuck's getting shorter. Yeah. Or smaller in the shoulders. Steve Martin's not an unfit guy. Exactly. Even if he were real thin in the 70s, putting on a suit wouldn't look, I, I don't know. Hey, looking good, my man. Get down. Hey, what's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. But also, you're spending $150,000 on a wedding. Why don't you rent buy a, a new suit? Rent it. Just rent it. If you want to save the money, just rent it. Yeah. And then he ends up, like, we get, earlier in this movie, we get a, like, a shot of when they're in the shoe factory, and, like, this dude comes in with a bunch of, like, counterfeit Prada bags and Valentino shit. Back from the Orient, ladies, and I got a new shipment, beautiful merchandise, Gucci, Cartier, Louis Vuitton. Never heard of He's big, darling. Believe me, or they wouldn't be knocking them off. Don't worry, Mr. Banks. They're on a break. For whatever reason, this is just okay to happen in a legitimate business. I would think that that would be a pretty big red flag. Right. Someone who has a brand and trademark, like, is he friends with this guy so that his product doesn't get overseas to be counterfeited? Exactly. And he puts up such a big stink that when, uh, when Brian comes in wearing Nikes yeah, and it's just like, mm, he's wearing Nikes. It's like, yeah, he's been in fucking Rome for three months. Right. I'm sorry. Did you expect him to have your shoe already? Right. He doesn't know who the fuck you are. Exactly. Uh, I will say, holy shit, Eugene Levy coming out of nowhere, out of nowhere <laughs> as a wedding singer for a hot second. First was an audition for a band singer. Oh, Lottie. Oh, Gontari. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No wonder Andy's happy heart sings. Brian's love is giving her wings. Hey, like birds of a feather, a rainbow. Just as I was. And doesn't even get you. He doesn't even come back. And I was like, I was looking forward to seeing Eugene Levy singing at the wedding. And. That was just wasted. This is also where we realized that the, the DP on this film loves mirror shots. Oh my God. There's like four or five, like very deliberately composed mirror shots. And they're not even like up close enough for you to get the full effect of what's happening in the mirror. Yeah. I think it's just that a, for whatever reason, fucking DPs always get a fucking hard on for <laughs> mirrors. It's just, it's always been a thing. Uh, you know, thank you, Maya Darren. But the, all right, film school. <laughs> uh, but the, yes, like they're having this argument in their bedroom at one point and there's a mirror that's on the back wall and they've got a, a, a perfectly framed like lamp that's in it. And then Steve Martin moves out of frame and then into the mirror. And then Diane Keaton, uh, Keaton Nina then comes into the mirror and meets each other and it sort of frames it. And she's like, yeah, that's cute, but that's Why? not serving the story. No. Like, what the fuck? It's Not more distracting all. than anything. This is where I have the note that Honk is cute and that I bet he's got an enormous Schwanstuker. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> if I could have a moment of your time to discuss the menu. The menu, the menu, remind the menu. me. The menu, yes. Unfortunately, Honk didn't speak English, so I will translate. 
Frank, that'll, that'll be a big help. It's conflict tactics. It's second to look at it. If you have next year, leave home, but I guess you'll like that. Never should have a ghost. Naked, but it's deep. Oh, she put the patata. Everything is kind of coming to a head. Everybody's throwing choices at him, and Howard comes right up and he's like, I know you're starting to lose it, but it's <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> a, that's very empathetic of you. And B, for real, if you no, know he's fixing if you know to lose that, it, you'd be like, hey, I've got something for you later. Have I a will seat. come back later. Let me give you some water. Yeah. Here's a half of a Xanax. Take it easy, bud. I see you're starting to lose it, but I have one more question. Very minor. I'll say it quickly. Parking attendance. Four is comfortable. Three is acceptable. Anything less absolutely terrifies me. Two. Two. George. Two. The clock says if you want to file, he wasn't in this. He pusses. He passes? Hey, Dad. How's it going? I came to get my sneakers. I left him in Annie's room last night. I was beginning. I mean, this is the other thing here is that George is literally having a panic attack. Multiple. Like Multiple. each of these are panic attacks that he's having. And no one seems to respect that or or acknowledge that at all. I do want to talk about hot dog buns here real quick. I mean. Okay. So now he is making the case that, yes, there are usually like more buns than the than than wieners. Than wieners. Um, which sucks, you know. There's always more bottoms at the party than tops. He's leaving out one fact that he is grabbing multiple bags, but he's taking them out. Yeah. If he kept two bags, that would then give him eight, eight, and eight, which you could get hot dogs in packs of eight. So for three packs of hot dogs, you only have to yeah. buy two packs of buns. But yet he's still grabbing multiple buns. We've established buns. Like that math is not people's strongest suit in this film. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly. But again, it's just, it's such a weird, it's like almost like the writer, the writers had this as a joke and was just like, we got to do this. Like this is, this is, this has always made me so mad, but it's like, but then it immediately falls apart. Like what is, what is the point? I, I don't know. And I'm sorry, do you get thrown in jail for taking hot dog buns out of a bag? I mean, maybe if it's if it's akin to like a drunken disorderly and you're going to get tossed in the city, because it's not like prison. He hasn't gone to court. It's, no. He's in a holding cell. But like a cop would have shown up and been like, yeah, this is stupid. Just pay for the buns and leave. Yeah. And I mean, if it, 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 if he let it go that far to throw himself in jail. I'm sorry, that's a cry for help, and he needs what? help. He's, he needs a therapist. They're saying, couldn't figure out why he was acting like this. I'm like, well, you're unmedicated, and you don't have a therapist. That's literally my note right here. Oh, my God. That was the low point. Flipping out over four hot dog buns. I couldn't figure out why I'd gotten so nuts, why the wedding had me so unglued. Thanks. Your wife is here. And, and then this is also where I had the note. What would happen if this happened to one of us? Oh. One of us got thrown in jail for something stupid and the other one got to come gloat. I'm sorry. Yes, I would be Diane. If Josh got thrown in jail, I would absolutely Diane Keaton and yes. come in and be like, so how did we end up here? I know you would. <laughs> and if the positions were reversed, you'd be basically daring me to say anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, bless. We but I, this- do give, I do give you permission, though, that if that ever Thank does you. happen, that you can Diane Keaton on and me. I'm going to. Aside from how dirty that sounds, I am going <laughs> to keep this in the show so that there is record of you saying that oh. uh, they do this as they're as George is, you know, leveling out and uh, everybody's getting to know each other over what is I think they said five months. Yeah. And we get like you asked at the beginning if this was a Christmas movie and 
Kind of, but really only for a portion of this montage. Yeah, for a hot second. There's some holidays. We, we get this happen. Norman Rockwell looking Thanksgiving. I think there's then like a slide or two for Christmas. Yeah. And then we're just moving right along to wedding day. To January 6th. Do straight people always open their wedding gifts ahead of time? Is that yeah, I don't. I didn't understand what that was all about because, like, they I mean, were exchanging we a, gifts. We did one of those money registry things because we were trying to save up for a honeymoon surprise. I got laid off, and we ended up having to use that money to live. Yeah. Anyway, point is that just seems like why? Why wouldn't you wait? Why wouldn't you sit down with your husband and do this together and do the thing where you write out who got you what because you're going to have to send thank you cards. It's also something that I'm ADHD about. Yeah, an awful lot. And the amount of silver plated things that they got. Like it felt like they got like 1800 silver tea and sets. And he says they got another silver tea set. Nina, we have great friends, you know that? I mean, these are not your run of the mill salad bowls. These are primo gifts. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I am so happy we have decided to serve the very chic but expansive seafood that are very fashionable wine. <laughs> ah, the beautiful bride. Good news. You have received another lovely, too good to be true silver tea set. This is why registries are important, people. Yeah, it's, it's this is so... why you go to Target and you get the you used to go to Bed Bath Beyond. You can't do it anymore. I know. Um, I, or Macy's. Macy's has a really good registry system. I did want to circle back to sure. when Diane was talking to George and she was it, it, George was still he was still on about how much this this was costing. And then she's like, you've been more than I can handle, George. Annie's wedding is not a conspiracy against you. It's just a wedding. People have them every day in every country in the world. I know it's going to be expensive, but we don't go to Europe. We don't own fancy cars. I don't own expensive jewelry, so we can afford to have a big wedding. Nina. What you're telling any child that may be watching this movie is that you're, if your parents aren't taking you places, it's because they're hoarding yeah. their money. That's not the this case. Is, this is the origin of girl math. Fuck a TikTok trend. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Nina. This oh doesn't make any God. goddamn sense. We don't go to other things, so we've just got money sitting around because we've only got two kids. Yeah. And ugh, this house. You're in a shoe company. That's why you've got money to throw around. Yeah. And honestly, it even makes the this, uh, you know, hot second breakup that happens at the last. Like this being the blender. lowest point of the movie is that. The wedding is off. The fuck it is. I'm sorry, David. I'm not going to marry Brian. Okay. Okay. Whatever you want is okay with us. I feel so awful after everything you guys have done. And now I have to undo it all. Don't worry about it. These things get canceled all the time. Your mother and I can take care of everything. No. Not after that much money. And not over a fucking blender. No, seriously, come the fuck on. Why do we have to like make an overtly feminist joke here and make it such a big fucking deal? Yeah. And then it's she's expected to roll over like whatever. I mean... I can understand where it's coming from, but the site, the, the fact is, is that we don't know Brian enough because we haven't seen him in no. most of the movie to have any indication of what his personality or character. I've is seen like. him more as Julia's son on designing women than I see him as her fiance in this film. Yeah. It's so, it's so fucking dumb. It is. Uh, Shall we uh, send off the bride and groom? Yeah. Let's walk down the aisle. George takes Brian out for a drink, initially intending to get rid of him for good, but seeing his heartbroken face and genuine claim that he loves Annie, George has a change of heart and finally accepts him. He confesses to Annie that what happened at the McKenzie's house was true, and she and Brian reconcile. Despite some last-minute problems with the weather, the wedding is finally prepared almost one year after Brian and Annie's first meeting. 
They marry and the reception is held at the house, despite a police officer objecting to a number of cars parked on the street. Unfortunately, George misses Annie throwing her bouquet and is unable to say goodbye before she and Brian leave for their honeymoon in Hawaii. The film picks up George's narration from the beginning as the wedding reception ends. Annie calls him from the airport to thank and tell him that she loves him one last time before they board the plane. With the house now empty and the wedding finished, George finds solace with Nina and dances with her. <laughs> he says this line like, I thought maybe I should help smooth things over. So I took Brian out for a drink. Thought we could have a talk. Man to man. But as I sat there and listened to his side of the story, I realized this was a golden opportunity. If I ever wanted to get rid of Brian McKenzie, this was my chance. If I'm ever going to fuck up my daughter's life forever, now is my chance. Yeah. The idea of like, I'm going to, you know, well, let's go take him out for some beers and let's talk about it or whatever. And then he shows up with this fucking martini glass. Cosmo. Cosmo. Brian's got a Cosmo. But also, Brian, stop calling him dad until you're fucking married. It's fucking weird. It is. You, you aren't related. You aren't related. You aren't yet. No. Also, uh, the way, like the change in him softening towards Brian or whatever. Yeah. Why not? Why do we need the narration? Why not just let the moment sit? Let us see George having this moment. You don't also have to tell. We know he, there's a narrator here. Yeah. It's it, moments like this where the narrator kind of has to stand. You, you don't have narration so that no. it's more poignant. Here, it just seems like we're being told how he's feeling. And great. I don't believe it. Yep. They argue over this blender, and then when they make up, it's like, why are you sucking face in front of your dad? Oh, and my God. George, why are you watching your kids suck face? Well, your daughter and her fiance, because he's not your son yet. He's not. But, yeah, it, it is It is ultimately, like, it just shows that Annie doesn't care about, truly doesn't care about, you know, the dad or whatever. Yeah. And certainly not her impact on his mental health. Absolutely not. It's just like, nope, we're just going to do this thing, even though it's fucking weird. Yep. Like, go, you don't do that. Nope. At your parents' house. Nope. You do that when they're gone and yes. then you do it everywhere. Yes. But I digress. You asked as we were getting ready for the final, uh, you know, prep for the wedding because the swans are there. Yeah. And then it's nighttime and the swans are not there. Where yeah. did the swans go? Yeah. I when it snows, they're in the bathtub. Yeah. And then suddenly they're outside. I think they were outside while they were, while he was going around the back to go into the, which again leads me to believe that these swans are just out there. Nobody's just watching wandering the swans. around. So what's the point of the swans? They're assholes. He's it, we're transitioning into the wedding day and Nina's coming down the stairs. All right, relax, honey. Everything's going to be just fine. At least we know they can't start without us. I knew I'd never be able to remember what Nina wore that day. But I also knew I'd never forget the way she looked. Oh, yeah. And my response was, because she was a golden bedazzled real estate agent. <laughs> like, I get it. But Mother of the Bride wear has mm. consistently been some of the weirdest fashion I've ever seen in my life. It really is. But I really would want to wear that to, like, the grocery store. This is why go out in the world in that outfit. Yeah. Don't save it for the wedding. No, no, this, this is very Go much, cause a ruckus at the bank in that. <laughs> go argue with a flight attendant. Yeah. Like that's, that's what to do. And we get mirrors again with the wedding dress and George seeing Annie in her wedding dress mm -hmm. in his head as the vows are happening. Who presents this woman in holy matrimony? I do. Annie and Brian... 
You have come here today to join your hand. Who presents this woman? This woman. This vow of marriage is most solemn. But she's not a woman. She's just a kid. And she's leaving us. And all I could think of was. This is not the wedding I'd ever want to have. No, but we got to get the fat cousin in there. Because oh. remember when we made fun of fat people, how funny that was? We like had to bring that. We had to drink. We had to drink that. We had Jesus. to bring that joke back. Like, fuck. It's so unnecessary. Dumb. Also, as the father of the bride and the owner of the house, I think you could go wherever the fuck you want and jump in whatever line you want. Yeah, you would know how doors work in your own house. In your own fucking house. And also, hey, guys, sorry, father of the bride. I need to get through. That's all you got to say. Yeah. I'm sorry, I need to go see my daughter. No, it's got to become this whole fucking, he's scouring the house like fucking Scooby-Doo. It's just nonsense. Yeah. It's not funny. It's more cringy than anything. Again, I'm not connecting to his character or, or any of this at all. And then this shenanigans with the parking happens because they only had two parking attendants. Who stack parks cars in a street like that? In you a would, suburban neighborhood. You would have an offsite. You'd have made an, an arrangement with. And you would have bust them in. Yeah. They dropped this joke earlier on that he doesn't want to pay for four parking attendants. You only want to pay for two. Right. There's like 1800 staff people doing everything else and, and, you know, working the party. Yeah. Two of those people could have gone on parked yes. cars. Two of the guests, two family members. Yeah. Somebody could have been like, oh, hey, don't worry about it. We'll take care of this. No, it has to be fucking George for whatever reason. Right. And you'd grab two kids to help you do this rather than a fucking adult family member. Children. 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 Culkin behind the wheel of a station wagon. Yeah. No. What is happening? Why do we need it? We don't. Yeah. All of this is his fault. Like all of him not being able to see his daughter and, and trying to get to her. It's all, all choices this is he's his, making. Yes, he's making these choices. And it's not anyone's fault no. except for his. And it's just like, again, I can't care. And we this. love pleats so much in this family oh that Annie's uh, honeymoon dress is a tennis dress <sighs> with, uh, <laughs> with a blazer she clearly borrowed from her mother. Yeah, it's bad. It's real bad. She's going to go to Hawaii in that. Yeah. No. That's absolutely fucking stupid. Man, if I were one of their neighbors, though, I'd been livid. I would have lit their house on fire. On fire. On fire. On fire. I would have tarred their front yard. Yes. Like, it's awful. And is it sad that he didn't get to see his daughter? Yes. But again, choices that he made. Exactly. I can't feel bad no. for him because it's and then all she calls his anyway. problem. And he's like, no, it was Annie. Of course. Who the fuck else are you saying I love you to? Yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Jesus. And that was Father of the Bride. Or I would call it uh, maybe unrealistic expectations. Like that's what this movie should have been called. Yeah. Because this is fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm sure there are people listening who are like, ooh, they're doing Father of the Bride. That's what I'm favorite I'm sorry movies. that I ripped it to shreds, but this movie was dumb. <laughs> and there's a second one, which doesn't make any sense because they, he doesn't have any more daughters. What's well, about the baby? But it's called Father of the Bride 2? Part 2. <laughs> Is it part 2? We'll get there. Um, this movie had a $20 million budget and made $129 million. Okay. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a romantic comedy in the 90s. It's probably going to do very... I mean, Who's Got Mail wasn't a great movie, but it made a lot of money. You've Got Mail. You. What did I say? You said Who's Got Mail. <laughs> who's Got Mail? I don't know. <laughs> Sandra Bullock? No, it's not that. Who's, was, got, who's <laughs> got mail is like the satirical off-Broadway musical. 
of you've got mail. <laughs> and there's an exclamation point after the question mark. So it's like, who's got mail? <laughs> like it's a shock. Oh my God. Um, the critics and audiences, ag- uh, quote unquote, agreed. Both scores are 70% on Rotten okay. Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, Henry Sheehan from Hollywood Reporter said this film's sole dramatic preoccupations are with broad physical comedy and unrealistically offbeat characterizations. A few moments of nominal pathos are really just structural pauses in the joke series. I agree with you, Henry. That's pretty much your whole. I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Somebody from Variety. Yeah, I was just a staff writer. I even clicked in and I got a 404 error on the review. Got it. It says best stuff here comes straight from Martin, such as his frenzied antics in the in-laws house or his or his ridiculous Tom Jones imitation in front of a mirror in a too tight tuxedo. Yeah. I, I, again, yes. Martin short was the best thing. It was in this movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, everything else was just kind of garbage, but he was talking about Steve Martin, not Martin short. Oh, why would you say Martin? If there's two Martins, but literally his first name is Martin. Variety staff, get your shit together. Fuck you, AP style. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times said, this is a movie with heart, and there are little moments in it when Martin is deeply moved by the fact that his perfect creature he brought into the world is now going to start a family of her own. We didn't see Martin Short's daughter. What are we talking about? I'm just Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, some of these viewers' <laughs> scores were hilarious. Okay. Uh, Stephen Paul C. We've got here from June 23rd of this year. Okay. Five stars. LOL, the funniest 1.75 hours ever. Starring Steve Martin, you know, the father of the bride. There are a number of exclamation so points many. here. And it's, and, and there's even a, a bracket, which meant that I don't know how that bracket ended up there. Cause the, well, no, the, cause he's, he says starring Steve Martin parentheses you know the father oh, of the bride got it okay he I, was as stoned as i was when he watched this <laughs> jesus or at Christ. least when he posted that funny but distinctly average soppy steve martin fair uh, yeah i agree yeah, yeah it's pretty sloppy and then this last one october 2nd 2009 two stars me gusta mas la clásica which just means i i like the classic more Okay, the 1950s version that we I believe talked about so. earlier. Maybe we ought to go and watch that one. No, we're not going to watch that one. All right. Surprisingly, uh, some awards. Okay. The MTV Boofy Awards. <laughs> uh, 1992, Kimberly Williams is nominated for Best Breakthrough Performance. Cute. And then also- That year. Yeah. Uh, they were nominated for the Best Comedic Performance for Steve Martin, which, yeah. again, it should have been Martin Short. BMI the only funny thing in this movie. <laughs> the VMI Film Awards in 1993, uh, it won for Best Movie. And Kieran Culkin was nominated for a, a Young Artist Award. Hell yeah, Kieran. <laughs> Good for you. He grew up to be a, a, an absolute cutie. Yeah. He's the gay kid on Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, absolutely Such great. Such a cutie. All right, there's some trivia. Yeah, there's a sequel. Same title, title, but part two, released in 1995. That film is also a remake of the 1951 film Father's Little Dividend, which was the sequel to the original 1950 titular film and the fourth overall installment of the Father of the Bride franchise. Father's Little Dividend is the title of my memoirs. That's what I call my poops. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. 
Uh, Kimberly Williams Paisley and George Newbern uh, were filmed in a series of Hallmark card commercials as a couple. I think that's also where you recognize both of them. Yeah. Tom Irish made his film debut in Father of the Bride 1950, and his last film appearance is in this movie. He plays the same character, Ben Banks, in both versions. <laughs> Among the wedding gifts Annie receives is a Venus de Milo statue with a clock in the stomach. In the original Father of the Bride in the 1950, Kay also receives this as one of her wedding gifts. Both look at it in disdain. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's pretty awful. Yep. George Banks says that he doesn't want the wedding to bankrupt him so that he'll end up wandering the streets in the back bathrobe, which is a reference to his character from The Jerk. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. On February 21st, 2018, The Hollywood Reporter revealed that remakes of several films are in development as an exclusive content for the Walt Disney or for Disney Plus, with one of these projects named in the announcement as Father of the Bride. And so. then on September 24th, 2020, Warner Brothers announced their plans for a remake starring a Hispanic family with a script being penned by Matt Lopez. The HBO Max original film was released on June 16th, 2022. Oh, yeah, that seems more interesting than this. That was Father of the Bride. Yes. Final thoughts, Lance. Okay, I know I've been shitting on it. It wasn't a terrible movie. Just not for us. It wasn't for us. Again, I just, I really didn't connect to it that much, but I can understand how some people might see this movie mm -hmm. and, and have some sort of connection for it. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to listen to this. <laughs> Nobody made them. This, this is absolutely true. And, uh, you know, but, but, but again, yeah, I, I pretty much left it all up there. Uh, the things that I misunderstood i called out i love um some steve martin comedies yeah yeah some like this i again i, I okay i mean i love that steve martin and martin short are in only murders in the building it's such a f yeah delightful Watch show that instead of this. yeah that's so much better <laughs> uh all righty crazy where can they find us on social media uh, they can find us at nonplusplod on twitter instagram or no whatever it's x <laughs> facebook instagram that's it for now. Who cares? Yeah. You can also email us at uh, submissions at nonpluspod.com if you want to submit a movie for us to watch yeah. or want to submit an argument that is counter to ours. Uh, Again, I'm sorry if, if <laughs> I, I just want to put out a, a, a just a, a preemptive apology for if you really like this movie. Hate mail from Steve Martin. And yeah, Steve, you're li Steve, you're listening. Big time fan. Uh, I'm sorry. And also remember to rate, review, subscribe on your podcasting platform of preference so that we can game the algo and get up in those charts. Yes. Get up in those charts, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that over there is my ridiculous husband, Clancy. And over there is my very understanding husband, Josh. And we are nonplussed. Non Great descriptor for this movie. I'm very nonplussed about it. Yeah, no, it actually fits. Hey, it's the format. We did it. We did it. <laughs> it's like the fifth time. It, it only took us getting to episode 420. Bye.
accepts accepts him as I said well, accepts him accepts him as he's a struggle bus right now. There was a play on Broadway um, that ran for a while. I forget what it was called. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, that was about the invention of the vibrator. Oh, um, as a treatment for hysteria. <laughs> Another common one was just getting a woman up on the bench in stirrups and just blasting her with water. <laughs> just <sighs> like a fire hose up the who. I'm oof. Anyway, 1991 was weird. How do you know? I don't know. It's the fucking nineties. That's the point. Uh, fucking. Oh man. Culottes. Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor. That's T A V O U R in your app store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers. Bye. Bye. She didn't twirl just a baton. That baton was on fire. Look at And when she threw that baton into the air, it flew higher, further, faster than any baton has ever flown before, hitting a transformer and showering the darkened arena with sparks. And when it finally did come down, Marjorie, my sister caught that baton and 12,000 people jumped to their feet for 16 and one half minutes of uninterrupted thunderous ovation as flames illuminated her tear-stained face and that Marjorie just so you will know and your children will someday know is the night the lights went out in Georgia <laughs>